Welcome to the Readerly Report. Your hosts are Gail Weiswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to another edition of the Readerly Report. Today, Gail and I have decided that we are always talking about popcorn and lots of it is not as engaging or it just leaves us a little with a greasy, not quite pleasant feeling at the end. So we want to discuss the thrillers and the popcorn type books that we have really enjoyed. I feel like they need to be in one place, in one show, so we're not always mentioning them between other lackluster popcorn books. Because I think often Gail is just like, oh, it was popcorn. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm very curious to see what kind of the popcorn that has, that was engaging. That was like caramel popcorn or <laughs> kettle corn. Pop- or <laughs> the popcorn that served as dinner. Right. Right. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to hear. I wonder if we're going to have overlap. I have a feeling we might. I predict two of these are going to be overlaps. Well, one I've mentioned on the show recently as my backlist book, as a backlist book of the week, which okay. we it's at one point we'll get back to. We've kind of abandoned it a little bit in the yeah. flurry of all the summer, all the hot yeah. summer books we've wanted to discuss, but all the front lists. All right. Well, before we jump into the thrillers, any reading updates, we, we've we actually recorded a few episodes in a, in very- a little bit more, yeah, condensed than more condensed than usual because I'm going on vacation. So I don't have too many reading updates, but I have one that I wanted to share with you. So on one of our recent episodes, Nicole and I were talking and I was saying that I was still reading Bad Blood, but I was reading it like, you know, 10 pages at a time because I was just relegating it to when I was drying my hair. And you sort of took me to task for it by saying, well, maybe the reason this book isn't that engaging for you is because you're not investing the time into it. If you only give it 10 minutes, it's really 20 minutes, but you know, (laughs) 10 pages a day, like how are you going to, you know, how is it fair to criticize the book for not having momentum or for not, you know, whatever it is I was criticizing it for. And at the same time I was like, well, I only have a week before vacation and I, I, it's going to be a busy week and I don't know what I should read between now and then. So I thought about it and I was like, you know what, Nicole is right. Like, like, a relationship is only as good as you invest in it. And so Bad Blood and I are going to, are going to, I'm putting it back on the front burner and I'm going to finish it before I go on vacation. That's going to be the book that I read between now and the time I go. And then if I'd finish it, I'll just start one of the vacation reads early. So Ask Again Yes is being pushed to the side and I'm going to read Bad Blood. And like, you know, I was reading a second chapter of it today and it was interesting. So I think you're right. And I just wanted you to know that you had influenced my decisions. Ooh, I'm an influencer. <laughs> well, we already knew that. Book influencer. <clears throat> oh, Bad Blood is coming out of the corner. Yes, it is. Nobody puts Bad Blood in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> No one sticks bad blood in the corner of the bathtub, which is where it's like, I like sit and I, I perch on the edge of the (laughs) bathtub while I'm styling my hair because it's easy to have the book on my lap. And then when like, I start to need to focus more on what I'm doing, then I bring it up to the counter. (laughs) But like, it's been sitting on the corner of the bathtub for a while. So what other books have you given this treatment? I feel like only Becoming could have survived. (laughs) 
No, I mean, I feel like whatever book I'm reading at the time usually just gets ported around. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, Bad Blood just stayed there. Like, I don't know. Anyway, it's been it's been removed from the corner. Patrick Swayze has come and taken it out and is going to do the finale with. Okay. So we'll see if 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 you get to if you, if it balances on your hands at the end. <laughs> right. So tell me about you. What's new? So I'm reading The Body Lies by Joe Baker. She's the author of Longborn, which was the Pride and Prejudice. It wasn't a retelling, but it was it was heavily involved in the servants at Longbourn. And so now she's just gone into a completely different direction and written a thriller, which has lots of elements that I enjoy. It is set in England. It is about this woman who, I don't think they're married. She's living with her partner, I'll just say. And they have a baby or they had been trying for a baby, but she's out while she's out running. This guy hits her in the face and she's just so shake. And he says like something pretty vile to her. And she's so shaken by the experience that she just, she has a hard time being outside and walking. And, you know, she's very suspicious of her surroundings. So she decides to take a teaching position upstate in the country. And she doesn't just up and do this. I think by this time they have had a child together, but I don't think they're married for whatever reason. And he is a teacher also, and he feels really dedicated to his students. So he doesn't make the move with her. They decide that they're going to, for a while, do some kind of long distance relationship. And I think he's probably hoping that she will get over being fearful and and be able to resume their life full time in London. They separate. They go. I mean, in terms of they're not living together anymore. They have agreed that they're going to try to work this out. He will come up for weekends, and they're going to see how this works. So basically, she has this life in this remote cottage. She's taken a job as a creative writing professor, and. The premise of the novel is that someone in her class is going to start writing a story that seems very similar to hers. And it seems like she's the main character in this story and nothing good is coming to her character. What is she going to do about it? Because this is a fictional story. I'm sure writers write about terrible things and she may recognize some things, but maybe it's something that she's not able to come forward with. I'm not far enough in the story to know she's just meeting her students and getting settled into her life there. But you know, English countryside, isolated cabin, people trying to find themselves. So it seems it, you know, I really liked Longbourn. So I was going to read this. There was no way I wasn't going to read this. Mm -hmm. This sounds creepy. Yeah. Yeah. This farm, she's like, rented a cabin from this guy who lives on a farm. And of course he's sort of cold and mysterious and they have a run in when, when his dog leaps out at her and her son, she finds herself taking on a lot more responsibility than she bargained for. And it's just a whole lot of things are not as they seem. So I'm enjoying it. Okay. About 60 pages in. That was fast. <laughs> um, okay. 
So I sent you some possible book ideas for my vacation earlier today. Which on the last show you described as a vacation where you're not necessarily going to have that much time to read. Yeah. It's not I a mean, beach a, vacation. It's a travel no, vacation. It's, it's a going places, yeah. seeing things. Are your kids right. going to be with you? Yes. So it's the whole yes. fam. Whole family. So it's not going to be like tons of time to read, but you know, I'll have, I'll have my moments to squeeze it in. Where are you going? Um, I'm going to Spain and Portugal. Hmm. So unfortunately, a lot of the t- transit between cities, I think, is going to be in a car, not a train. So I'm going to have to be navigating and then I can't like be reading. Right. If it were train, then it would be much easier. But, but you know, I'll have time. So the list I sent you is eight books. And I think it's realistic that maybe I'll get through four. I was going to say you that would take four, take five, read four. No, I'll probably take six and read four. Okay. Because I always want to have better. extras. Did you have any thoughts on my selections? I'll say what the selections are. Okay. And then there were none by Agatha Christie, which I would like to read for my unread classics challenge. Um, the Last Romantics by Tara Conklin, which I need to read for my in real life book club. Normal People by Sally Rooney. Things You Save in a Fire by Catherine Center. Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. Kent Haroof's The First of His Trilogy, Plain Song. Elizabeth Ames' The Other's Gold. And I'll Give You the Sun, which I picked because it's coming out as a movie this year, and I need that for um, my – also for the reading challenge. What's The Other's Gold about again? I think you just told me on the last show, but I forgot. Yeah, that's a new book. It's from Book Expo, and it's about those the four friends oh, in college. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to take yeah. that. I know, and I keep kind of seeing that around, and people seem, you know, people seem to like it. So, okay, so I need to take that one. So do you have recommendations among the others? Well, you're going to, if you're going to, go to be going to Spain, you're going to be going to Barcelona, I think I would do some, I would do the other goals. I would probably do plain song. Well, if you're going to take six, I'll just say the two that I wouldn't take would be normal people. Okay. And, um, I don't know. And then there were none might work on the plane. I mean, I figure once I, I think get going maybe with normal that- people and things you save in a fire, because you're going to read the Catherine center book. Eventually. Eventually. Why do you say no to normal people? Uh, I think that, I don't know. I just feel like maybe if you're going to be traveling or lots, I don't know how, if that book lends itself to being interrupted. I think it's one that maybe once you start reading, you're going to want, you're going to want to be in there with those characters. Like it's not Mm. one that I would pick up and put down a lot, you know? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't read it if I only had five minutes here or five minutes there. Maybe. Okay. That's good advice. For some reason, I put down the two Lila Bennets. And I think it's because it looked too scary, maybe. Really? Yeah. Is it? I don't remember. Like, there was something about it. I picked it up last night, and then I was like, oh, maybe not. And I put it down. And I don't really know why. There's something about the, the description that I was worried about. Well, I mean, she is a captive. She is locked in a basement. Oh, maybe that's what it was. 
She is locked in a basement and she doesn't know who's locked her there. And she doesn't know. It does not seem like they plan to let her out alive. And she has to figure out who it is. So it sounded super stressful. And I think I was like, I don't want this on vacation. Right. Okay. As you know, I'm scared by none of that stuff. I'm like, what do you mean it was scary? <laughs> except for the, except for the, you hate the, anything about being confined. That's true. I, I, and that, and that didn't really bother me. I guess because there was mm-hmm. nothing actively happening to her that was so terrible. Yeah. I mean, besides the fact that she wasn't being fed and she was dirty and terrified. Yeah. I think that's why I put it down. I just was like, you know, I don't need that one. I'm like supposed to be relaxing. Right. I think the last romantics, red, white, and royal blue, the other, the other's gold, I'll give you the sun. Those would probably be the four that I would start with. Okay. That are, are people's story interesting without being stressful I mean, and then, as I just said, I'm not really scared of things. And then there are none. I've read it like two or three times. I think it's terrifying. I'm scared each time I read it. And I know who did it. (laughs) There's just something so sinister about, you know, the people dying and the little figurines disappearing and having things done to them. Yeah. I... Yeah, if you put down Lila Bennett, <laughs> then you definitely should not take, and then there were none. Okay. All right, good to know. Like, I don't know how you're going to read that one. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just pick something different. I mean, it's unread classic. The, the, the world is literally my o- oyster on this one. I <laughs> right, you could pick just read anything. any number of a million other books. Yeah, okay, maybe I'll do that. Okay, good advice. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Always happy to advise on your vacation vacation choices all right so should we get into our thriller sure dig into these the thrillers that made the cut okay so just to start off we we cannot no girl on the train no gone girl oh come on you just took one of mine out (laughs) which one was it i well a gone girl Gone Girl. Because I think that Gone Girl, like, I mean, we've talked about this a million times. It's still, like, sort of is, like, a standard bearer for thrillers. Oh, damn. Okay, so if you're going to take that out, I'm going to have to come up with that I one. mean, I okay. guess because, yes, Gone Girl. All right, fine, Gone Girl. Okay, I'll come up with something different then. Okay. But that was one of my five. Okay. I have to say it was one of my five. It was, like, one of the ones that sort of, like, ushered me into thrillers of late. You know, it's not like it was the first thriller I ever read, but it was like but a watershed you really mark. weren't reading that many thrillers until this one. No, not at all. Not at all. But I'll come up with another one. So you didn't have The Silent Wife on your list? Um, I don't know if I read The Silent Wife. I thought you did. I thought you liked oh, it. Oh, I just thought of another one I can do. Did I read The Silent Wife? What's it about? That was it on one... your list? Well, I was going to take, I thought I, this was my guess for what was going to be on both of our lists. I think you did re- read it. I think you liked it because it was one of, it was, I don't know, a couple of months ago, it was my backlist pick of the week. It is the one where, you know, in the beginning that she has killed her husband, but you don't know why. So you, we're, I'm looking it up. We're oh, led, yeah, yeah, I did read it. We're led through that story. I did read it. Let me see. Wait. 
You liked it. Um. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I do like this one. They live in Chicago. Yes, and he's a serial cheater. Yeah. Although I don't think it opens with her killing him. I'm pretty sure. I think so. Or, she, or you know, she's about to kill him, or he, she's right, planning but his you don't murder know why or something. She, yeah, why is she so mad at him? Murderous. Yeah. Yes, I did like that one, but it's not on my list. So why don't you start with that one? I know you've already talked about it, but talk oh no, about I was going to throw it. it out because it was a oh, backlist book. Okay. Oh, but okay. every but but people should read it because I've I've talked about it before. It was good. That Unfortunately, good. she died. So yeah, that's right. No more of those. The fifth one that I want to do that I want to include here, I can't remember what it's called. I can only remember what it's about. What's so when it we about? get to it, well, okay. when we get to that one, I'll describe it, and you'll probably come up with it if I can, okay. if I can think of it between now and then. Okay. So um, my, do you want me to go first? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So mine, I love Tana French, and this book is not my favorite book, but I feel like it is the most. Of her books, it was the most, it was the one where I was most on the edge of my seat and most just concerned about what was going, what was going to happen next. It was so suspenseful. It's in the woods. And it's basically the book that kicks off her Dublin murder squad mysteries. The story is about two detectives who are partners. They start investigating a crime that is reminiscent of the male partners. I should look up, I should look up this guy's name because it's going to be annoying. Is his name Adam or Ryan? (laughs) Rob Ryan. Here we go. (laughs) Rob Ryan is a detective on the Dublin murder squad. His partner is Cassie Maddox. She figures in the second book, like she's a lead detective in the second book. And I say this because The Likeness is my favorite ton of French novel. It's not the best one, but I think it's just my favorite one. Set in college. She goes undercover as a college student. But anyway, I digress. So this one is about these, the, the two of them are assigned to investigate a murder. And Rob Ryan has a secret in his past that when he was 12 years old, a girl or back in his past, a girl was murdered in these woods. And so the case that he is investigating is very reminis- reminiscent of what happened to him. And he is slowly becoming affected by this in, in a variety of ways. But he hasn't shared any of this information. I think he feels lucky that he made it onto the police squad. So he hasn't shared any of this information with his partner no one in his department knows and the crimes that he he's investigating, they keep escalating and just bringing him further and further to a secret in his past. So this was a novel where I first fell in love with Tana French. Her writing is just, it's stellar writing. It's atmospheric. It's set in Dublin, just really getting into a different culture and seeing how that unfolds. And it's about this partnership. You know, each of her books in the Dublin Murder Squad, you meet a detective. They're usually friends or somehow related to, to other people on the force. And each book is Bill's. You get to meet characters that you may have met in previous books. And then they're the main characters later on. My only warning about this book is that if you do not like uncertainty, 
in how a book ends, then steer clear. Mm, okay. There are some people for whom that's right. Yeah. Like really frustrating. It doesn't bother me too much. I mean, I like, I like to know enough that I feel like maybe I, there's a couple of different conclusions that I can draw that are pretty solid. Like I don't want it to be completely, you don't want to feel like, why did I just read this? You know? Right. And I think that sometimes that's the feeling that you're left with when it's not, but it's not a neat ending. If you need to know things or if you, there's, there's things that you just don't find out ever. So there's that. Okay. All right. So my first thriller that I wanted to talk about is one I read kind of recently. It's called the other woman by Sandy Jones. And what I liked about the other woman is that you think the book is going down one road and then it veers and changes. So you think like you can sort of categorize this book a certain way. And it even in even that part of it is pretty interesting and, you know, fun to read. And then it changes. And I like that then you kind of have to go back through and reconstruct it and, and sort of like almost reread it from the perspective of what you know at the end compared to what you did not know at the beginning. So I like that one. I actually just got her latest one. I think I did a swap for it called Her First Mistake, which um, I think also looked pretty good. So I enjoyed The Other Woman as a as a quick popcorn thriller. I mean, again, for most, all of these books are going to be popcorn for me, but some I like better than others, and that's definitely one of them. Did I say what the fact pattern was? I guess I didn't say she's, it's about this woman who meets this guy and they get engaged and she's deliriously happy and thinks he's perfect, except he has this mother-in-law from hell who like <laughs> is just bent on making her life miserable. And at every turn, her mother-in-law is like stymieing her what she wants to do and making her feel terrible. And she's just like this really, really awful evil, evil mother-in-law. And then you find out later there's a little more to the story than that. Right. And that's all that's all I'll say. Well, is she so evil? Like sometimes people I don't mind bad characters, but then there's some people who are just so especially if they're interfering in a marriage or interfering in people's lives. Sometimes I find that really, really frustrating. But it sounds like she walked yeah. the line enough that you were able to, you know, finish the book. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's a book okay, that I read this year by Thomas Christopher Green. I had heard of him before. I had probably at one point had his book, The Headmaster's Wife, one of those wife books. This one is called The Perfect Liar. And it is about two people who meet at an art showing. He has a really good idea of what he wants to do for a business. They become involved after this one, t after meeting in this gallery and then become a couple and they move to Vermont and she has a young, he's a teenager. She has a teenage son from a previous marriage um, where she was widowed. So they're moving. They've lived a quiet life. He is keeping many secrets and so is she. So then one day on their doorstep, they find a note 
and it says, I know who you are. And then they find a second note and that note says, did you get away with it? It is all about the unraveling or just discovering who these people are, like getting to know who they both were before they became involved in this relationship and just trying to figure out who, you know, who's this note for whose life is about to, whose life is about to change. It seems like it has to do with Susanna. Um, Max tries to ignore it. And I think he's traveling at the time that they get these notes or whatever. So there is some element of he's not always there in the story, but it was really good. It was a page turner, Mm. one that hung together, one that, you know, it wasn't one of those that everything got crazy dramatic at the end or any surprise hairpin twist, but it did a good job between being kind of domestic fiction, you know, like about how she's, how she's raising her son, the relationship that she was in previously, um, what kind of personality traits they have that have helped them in their relationship. You know, like they seem to have something pretty solid. So it's both that, but it is both, but, but there's also like these questions about their identity that are very intriguing. All right. So my next pick is one I think we've both read, which is best day ever by Kyra Ruda. Was that on your list? Mm-mm. I was a okay. little meh about that one. Oh, really? I liked it uh, because I just felt like the tension just kept ratcheting up and up and up. So this is about this couple. It's told from the perspective of a husband. And he is um, taking his wife away for a date to their like their summer house or something. They have a second residence. And he's got everything planned out. And at first it seems romantic. And then you start to realize that there's a lot more going on and that he's very manipulative and controlling. And I can't remember whether you ever see things from his, her point of view, or is it just from his point of view? Um, I don't know. This one just flew by for me. I liked it. And you know what? I really like her. I follow her on Instagram. Mm -hmm. She's married to a representative from California, from Southern California, who's a congressman. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And she posts all kinds of really cool photos of DC and sort of the life of like a, a congressman's wife. But yet, you know, she's got obviously her whole, this whole career of her own. I think they've got some kids and, I don't know. I just really enjoy her posts. Ooh, I like and her Instagram. Yeah, like she she commented on one of my books and dogs posts on Instagram where I posted a picture of Lucky with a book. And I don't know, like I just started following her and I was like, oh my God, that's Kyra Ruda. <laughs> and she just seems really cool. So it, made me, it makes me like the book even more. So for popcorn, like this was a good one for me. Okay. I just remember thinking that book, like, you said it was good. I just feel like maybe I had read too many. Mm-hmm. I read it in a period where I had read too many. So it was sort of like, you know, that was fine. I won't talk about the two Lila Bennett's because I feel like I've talked about it a lot, but I really liked the two Lila Bennett's. 
And I also really like the silent patient, which some people, it seems like a lot of people like that. And then some people don't. A couple of friends I know read it and they were just like, eh. well, actually Diane on the show, she read it and she didn't, she didn't like that one. I really like the psycho, the psychological aspects, you know, the therapist just getting into the therapist's head in terms of how he deals with his patient. And I liked a lot of that. I liked a lot of that stuff. That book is really taken off. Yeah. It was, I think it came out in the spring or did it come out late winter? And, and it seems like it just built a whole lot of momentum. I saw it around a lot more than I thought I would. Another one that I really like that's sort of recent is her mother's daughter by Daniela Petrova. I felt like that one was such a page turner and it was kind of different. We talked about at the time, her mother's daughter, that title is something that you just have to wrap your brain around for a minute. And this one Mm -hmm. is about a woman who she is with her boyfriend and they had been trying to have a baby for a very long time and it's impacted their relationship. And he basically leaves her on the eve of her last chance to get pregnant. Like they have decided that she is going, she can, they had decided that she was going to be able to use someone else's embryo and his sperm, but he is just so over the way that the toll that this, this process has taken on their relationship that he doesn't want to go through with it. And even though she feels like there are some ethical and I guess moral issues with it, she decides to go forward with being implanted with um, this, with this baby and to go through with this pregnancy. And then by chance, she, because it was some kind of open adoption or they had done an open donation of the the egg. She knew who her donor was, but I think the woman did not know who she had donated her egg to. But anyway, on one of those leaps that you take, she somehow runs into this woman while she's on the train and they form a relationship. They become friends and then the woman disappears. So it was very... And of course, she's trying to find out what happened to her. She goes to the police and the police question her involvement in it. And maybe they sort of suspect her, but she's trying to find out what has happened to the mother of her baby, the baby that she's pregnant with. You've definitely talked about that one before. Mm-hmm. It was good. Um, okay. So I have one that you and I both read and we've definitely talked about and does not need any attention, but I still really liked it, which is the wife between us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By um, Greer Hendricks and Sarah Pekinen. And I feel like even that book has spawned similar books after it. Um, But this is a book about two women who seem to have shared the same man at different times, the same husband at different times. And I won't get into too much detail about the sort of um, the order in which they share them. And, you know, there's some, there's some, the, the, the authors play around a little bit with time and what you expect for when people are telling stories. Um, I don't want to say much more than that. Cause I think that that would hurt the story, but uh, I thought that one was pretty good. 
And there were some twists and surprises there and things that I didn't expect to happen. And you and I have talked about Sarah Pekinen's books before, and I think we both have felt that her collaboration with Greer Hendricks has been a good one and that we've liked the books that at least that one that she has written with her. I think they're working on another one right now. Or did they have, did it just come out or was this their third? I can't remember what the whole. Well, they had a second one. They had a second one that came out in January called anonymous girl, which I have not read. I think we both got it though last year. Right. Right. And I haven't read that yet. And I don't know. I mean, who knows? They probably have, this seems like it's been very successful, a successful partnership for them. Greer Hendricks used to be Sarah Rapekinen's editor. Right. So I guess she would know how to bring out the you know the best in her. And I'm assuming they're both working with an editor. That must be some kind of crazy process. Hmm. Um, I think they're, this is St. Martin's, right? I think so. Yes. I think, uh, yeah, I think I talked to um, the editor of St. Martin's about it and this is, you know, there, it's a really big collaboration for them and their books have been really, uh, really well received. And I think even like they're making the cover jackets look kind of similar from book to book because people recognize, you know, the, the, the this style. partnership and this mm-hmm. style, right. And they know what to expect, but I like that one. I know a lot of people have read that one. So it's not, I'm not uncovering a hidden gem here, but it was, I thought it was pretty. So I'm trying to mention books that I have not discussed a lot because over years and years of reading thrillers, I do have quite a few that I like, and I'm trying to stay away from ones that I have mentioned a lot on the show. So I'm just going to very briefly mention Wendy Walker. I just read The Night Before, which I really liked. I really liked her first book, All Is Not Forgotten. And when I rank them, it's All Is Not Forgotten the night before. And then she has another book that it always escapes me that I enjoyed as well. But I have All Is Not Forgotten sitting here. <laughs> You've talked about it so much. I think I swapped for it. So someone was give, someone was offering it up for swap. So I jumped on it. Mm. So that's sitting here. Maybe that would be a good vacation. Uh, I think that's too disturbing for you for vacation. Okay. Yeah. Did Did you read The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle? Yes. I love that book. Would that be a good vacation? Yes. Yes. Okay. You're okay with you know, this is- sort of time travel. I mean, there's yeah, definitely okay. like a weird, you know, it's not paranormal like witches or anything like that, but. Okay. Yeah. There's a, there's a, you know, I mean, there's a, there is a, what would you, what is it? Groundhog day element to that novel. Right. That's, isn't that the whole premise that the day keeps, right. It keeps resetting. Right. There's another thriller that you and I both picked up at book expo once, and we both have vowed to read it. But as far as I know, neither one of us did, which was that book called The Real Michael Swan about the guy who disappears in Grand Central Station. That's so funny because I just saw that I had written it down somewhere because I think we were considering it as one of our fall book club yeah. books. Yeah. I think we should still do it. That'd be kind of a departure for us in terms of a book club. And that'd a be fun. Thriller. Yeah. And a male um, author. Right. Okay, so is it? Am I up right now? Sure. Or you're up. One of the ones I wanted to mention was Unraveling Oliver, which I know I've talked about on the show, but it has been a little while. And um, 
I'm looking up to see who wrote it because I can't remember the name of the author. Um, this Liz Nugent. And it is about this guy who has beaten his wife up. And the question is, why did he beat her up? What what led to this? And the it's sort of like layering back um, his behavior, their history, what happened, because she, by all accounts, was this lovely woman, and you know what could have hit, what could have gotten him to do that. So um, I thought that was a pretty good book, and it was it was. Uh, very engaging. Like it really got you to keep at. <laughs> so I, and I think one of the things I noted about this one is it didn't scare me to death. Like some of the other ones, like that one behind closed doors, which really did scare me to death. This one does not scare me half to death. It's much more sort of psychological and just like more of a mystery to solve than it is like a, you know, you are worrying about your personal safety type of book. Mm. Did you, I can't remember. Did you read this one? Which one? Unraveling Oliver. Oh yeah. No, I, I didn't know if you were talking about behind closed doors. I still haven't read that no. one either. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. That's the most stressful book. ever. Is that, Sh- who is that? Sherry LaPena? No. Um, behind closed doors. Is- oh, BA Paris. I remember. Yeah. That's right. Because you read the next one. You read I read the, the one next that- one, which I didn't like. And then I read the third one, which I did. Right. Yeah. I think you should read Behind Closed Doors. I think you will. Just because you've read other books by her and you've liked at least one of them. But, oh, my God, that was a stressful book. <laughs> <laughs> the next book that I really enjoyed, I listened to it on audio and it was really good. It was narrated by Stephanie Racine. It's Sometimes I Lie by Alice Feeney. And I really liked it. And I want to read her next book, which I can't think of the name. So it's basically a, this woman, her name is Amber Reynolds. And she starts the novel off by saying, there are three things you should know about me. Number one, I'm in a coma. Number two, my husband doesn't love me anymore. And number three, sometimes I lie. So when she wakes up in this coma, no one else knows that she's awake and she can't indicate that she's awake. Like, so she can hear things that are going on around her, but she's not able to let anyone know that she's conscious yet. And she can hear like her sister visits, her husband visits, and slowly between visits as she, she overhears their conversations. And also she also has like someone who comes in. She's not sure who did, you know, how she's wound up in a coma and she gets a, she does get a very menacing visit, but she still doesn't know who's responsible for, um, her situation. And it could be her husband, her sister could be involved. Like no one is off limits for this. And you just very slowly listen to these conversations and get the lay of the land about the relationship that she has with her sister and her parents. And of course her upbringing and the events, you know, in her marriage and her life that lead that led up to her being in a coma. And if she will be able to figure it out before it's too late, because of course she's in a very vulnerable state and whoever has, 
put her in this predicament might be coming to finish the job. So it's very, it's very suspenseful. And I really liked her mm. writing. Yeah. What so a great I, way to start a book out. Right. Sometimes I lie. <laughs> hear these, hear these things about me, but, and of course, but so who since, knows if those are true. Right. So she's already said this. And yes, as you meet different people, you know, it's like, Ooh, what's the lie? You know? Um, she has this book out now called I Know Who You Are. And it's by this, oh, she has the same narrator for it. And I really liked, I really liked it. So maybe I'll listen to it on audio. It's about she comes home and her husband is missing. She doesn't seem to know what to do or how to act. The police think she's hiding something and they're right. But perhaps not what they thought. So she does that. Ooh, someone put extreme animal cruelty. Oh, that, that's hard. Yeah. That might have just killed that for me. Um, okay, before I get to my final pick, and I've got the name of it. I figured out what it was. Two quick things. So Kyra Ruda has a new book coming out called The Favorite Daughter. Mm-hmm. And the premise is, what if the perfect life was all a lie? So anyway... These books are all about lies. (laughs) I know. But I was just uh, looking at Instagram and it's coming out. So that's exciting. And then the question I had for you was we talked about on the show, I believe recently, didn't we talk about a book where somebody comes home to her house and there's someone else living there and they have like proof that they now own the home. And so she's. Yes, we we talked about that with Therese. And I had wanted to read it and I think that she brought it up and I think she said it was really good. I mean, I know that was something I was like, Oh, really wanted to read that. Was that on your, had you? No, I just like you were talking about fact patterns and that popped in my head. I was trying to remember what the name of that one was. I'll look back on the Therese show, but don't see what it was. Oh yeah. What the name of it was. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's like someone else's house or it's something that I wouldn't remember because it's so generic. Yeah. I'm going to look it up and see what it was. I think it's um, by Louise Cavendish. I think that's oh, the woman's okay. name who wrote the book. Louise Can- Candlish is her name. And the book know, is called. sounded good. Our, is it Our House or Those People? She's written Here, let's two. Let's see. I found it. Uh, those People? Maybe we talked about it. So not the perfect stranger, right? Maybe we talked about it so briefly that I didn't actually include it in the show notes because I don't see it in here. Um, okay. So then my it's final a, it's, one. Um, hold on, but I know. So I'm a, it okay. is our house. Okay. Is, uh, is the one. Yeah. There's nothing unusual okay. about a new family moving in, in at 91 Trinity Avenue, except it's her house and she didn't sell it. <laughs> This international bestseller is a disturbing and addictive novel of domestic suspense where secrets kept hidden from spouses cause shocking surprises that hit home. That sounds like it told too much. But anyway. Okay, so why don't you describe this book to me and see if I can guess it? Oh, yes, I love that. Okay, it's about a woman who is losing her memory and she's trying to figure out what's going on so every day she wakes up and it's like she has to start over again oh so it's she the writes sj watson her. book nice yes 
That's right. Do you remember what it's called? Um, no. <laughs> okay, it's called Before I Go to Sleep. Okay. And so she, so she like wakes up and there's this guy there and he's like, I'm your husband and you keep losing your memory and we have this lovely life together and all this stuff. But she keeps writing herself these notes like, don't trust him, don't do this, don't eat, don't have your, don't take your pill, like all these things that she, and she can't remember why she's told herself this stuff. So she's so frustrated with her brain because she can't, Yeah, her memory. she doesn't understand what's going on. Each day. Yeah, each day. I thought that was a pretty good book. I read – that was like eight years ago that I yeah, read it. Yeah, that was. And she's like trying to trying to survive or figure out what's happening because she's got a bad feeling about him. She doesn't know why. So anyway, That's that, one, that one stuck out in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Awful. So that is my list. And that was mine. All right, good. Until, well, those until are we do this show again. A, yeah, that's a that's a good list of thrillers. So if you, if you're interested in a thriller, hopefully we've given you a few to choose from there. Ones that we liked. Yeah. All right. So this is going to be the last show we record before I go on vacation. So when I get back, I'll report on what I read. If I made any last minute substitutions, if I swapped out a different classic. Or swapped in one of these other books that we talked about that are beckoning me from the shelves. Yeah, that'll and, be a good, um, good recap to do because I think when you come back to – oh, you know you have to read our book club book. Yes. I do need to read our book club book, so that may also find its way into the pile. <laughs> <laughs> too many too many things. I loved our book club book. Oh, so you finished it already. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm glad you loved it. All right. Well, um, I will look forward to catching up with you when I return. And until then, happy reading. Happy reading. Have a good time, Gail. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Readerly Report. You can find all of our shows on iTunes or at thereaderlyreport.com. Please join our Facebook group, Readerly Report Readers, where you can talk to other listeners about their reading life. You can also find Nicole at NicoleBonia.com and me, Gail, at EverydayIWriteTheBookBlog.com. Finally, we'd love it if you left us a review on iTunes and told your book-loving friends about us. Thanks.